0: Hey, Warners, this is your warning that the following episode of Women Your Mother Warned You About went a bit rogue from the beginning. You know, one of those episodes where we started the show before we started the show. You know, we were recording, and then things happened. So put on your big girl panties and buckle up for the ride with Rachel Pitts, Keith Walters, and yours truly, Gina Tremarco. Let me see your face. Can you see me? So big. Yeah, I'm looking at this giant screen in front of Bigger me. Bigger is better. Bigger is better. Yeah, here in the, in the studio. I'm in the studio all day today, so I decided I would stay here. I like it. You, you should come hang out in my studio.
1: I would love to as soon as I can. All right. And around the holidays... I should be able to literally on wednesday it would not have been a good day for me to come over because i was still calorie deprived and kind of edgy
0: that's the only time you're edgy Uh,
1: yeah and i have eaten good i had free eating from saturday night till last night Mm. and i took advantage of it and now i'm back on Mm. um higher uh higher macros so I eat more, but um, still under control so I don't turn, like, lose everything I've gained.
0: Eat mm, the foodie,
1: good. build the booty. That's my new motto. <laughs> I love it, eat the foodie, build the booty. That <laughs> is what I'm doing for the three or four months. I definitely have been eating
0: the foodie because I got the booty. Yeah. And welcome to another episode of Women Your Mother Warned You About. I'm Gina Tremarco.
1: And I'm Rachel Pitts.
0: (laughs) And here we are. Here we are. And I think we decided that we wanted to talk about, because this is the topic that came up a couple weeks ago, um, and we didn't do it, so now I think we're doing it, is the imposter syndrome Mm,
1: topic.
0: Yeah. um, What inspired us to want to talk about imposter syndrome? remember?
1: Well, I definitely have been battling that feeling in my competition circuit lately. And once again, this past weekend when I competed in my second show, I have a really vivid image actually of walking down this glass hallway to the competition area the morning of and, and having this talk with myself that you deserve to be here, Rachel. You have worked for this. You are a part of this group. You are not an imposter. Like I was telling myself this so that I wouldn't feel that way because even though I do belong in that crowd now, it's just, it's one of those things that creeps in and I think it creeps in in all high performers.
0: Oh yeah. So you were talking about that and simultaneously while you were doing that, I was transitioning and adjusting and adapting to my world at sales gravy. And um, there have been some stressful moments in that, that I, they're self-induced. They're completely self-induced because it's amazing how you could go from feeling like I am the shit. I got it going on. Have you met me? And then you enter this new environment and you're like, I'm not the shit. Mm-mm. How'd I get here? Why are they letting me stay? Maybe I should, if I keep pretending, they'll let me stay. Like it was, it's a crazy, it's a crazy dynamic. Right. Especially, you know, in your scenario,
1: Jeb Blunt hired you because of who you are and because of your level of skill and because he believes that you can, you can handle this. And I, I truly believe he's an honest guy. Like he would tell you if he didn't think you could handle stuff and he wouldn't give you anything that you can't handle. So you have the blessing of the the sales God himself. So, you know, but yet we still, that imposter syndrome is a real deal.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because working for him now and being that much more intimate in that world with him, um, he will also tell you when you gotta get your shit together too. Like so, so you always you always know exactly where you stand. Um, but it's still kind of, I think it's that adjustment whenever we're gonna take on something new. So when we're getting out of the status quo of what we've been doing, just going along going along with what we're doing. And then you and I, being the squirrel chasers we are, we're like, no, I want to try something new. Let's try this new thing. I think I can do it. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I could kill it. Yeah, I can. And then we take it on without knowing, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And then we take it on and then we get there and we're like, ah, right? And there's that panic that really is self-induced and, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I say silly, but it's it's like unnecessary for us to be doing that to ourselves because we are the shit right? Like we just have a new learning curve, right? You have a new learning curve in this, in this competition world. I have a new learning curve adapting to a new organization, a new culture, which actually sales gravy culture is very much like pivot 10 culture was. Um, and Jeb and I are very more similar than he, he knows. Um, but having to adjust to things that are new, like the whole virtual world, I like I was talking about, like how like podcasting, you know, I could like do the technology in my sleep. Being in the studio today, doing this podcast, like there's so many bells and whistles. I guess what I'm what I'm trying to point out is that when you have new tools in the toolbox that you're not used to working with, it's hard, You you have to manage those tools, master those tools, and then okay, yeah, I'm really great here. Now that I've mastered this new piece of it, I can go back to being great. I hope nobody catches me in the middle though.
1: <laughs> does that does that make sense? Yeah, and I think high achievers like you and I, we want to go from, knowing nothing to being perfect and knowing everything in a space of 30 seconds and the reality of it that I'm sure, you know, you're, you're getting from Jeb, like Jeb knows that you can get it fast. um, But I'm sure he didn't expect you to have every single detail. Perfect by day two.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe he did, but it's (laughs) same for me. Like
1: I went into my first, show thinking that I was going to conquer the world. And I really, I set myself up for that because that's how I was battling my insecurity. That in my mind, I was building it up that I was going to be queen of the world that day. And then what I realized when I got there was, oh my gosh, I have so much to learn. So then this second competition that I just did I went into it with no expectations aside from learn as much as I can, absorb as much as I can, do my very, very best and, and, and make progress, which I did. And what I really, really learned, my biggest takeaway of all was, um, there was a, there was a pro show. So I'm still amateur, of course, and until I get my pro card. And there was a pro show. So it was a competition between the pros. And of course, they win money when they get, you know, when they win that. But it was a very similar scenario where they've got these girls, which, you know, my takeaway was I can be that with enough time and effort. But these girls were otherworldly and they were amazing. And you know what? At the end of the day, only one of them wins. And so they it, the rest of them, the top ten, the top twenty six bikini competitors, they didn't win. So they did all the work that I've done and many more years of work. And they still didn't win. So it's just next level, next level, next level,
0: and winning. It's so it's so interesting, though, when you look at it like that is like you got you just got your toe in, yeah, totally.
1: and And what's really the thing about it that we have to remember, when we feel the imposter syndrome is that the journey is the destination. And, and what is so interesting about this whole scenario that I'm in is I didn't expect how much this journey of fitness would affect the whole of my person. I, it really is improving my self image It's improving how I feel. It's improving how I operate in the world around me. My level of gratitude is higher. Just I'm so grateful for all the people that are helping me. And I am learning to do hard things, harder things. And like the physical part of it is one thing. It's the mental part. It's the 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 mental talking my through talking myself through one more set it's the mental talking myself through eating four ounces of turkey on Thanksgiving and not eating everything that everybody's going go ahead you can eat today no but it's fine like it's that mental control um, that I'm developing and it's very interesting and of course every single sales conversation that I have right now with realtors and even with clients, it all, they all turn around and ask me about fitness. They want to know like, what should I be doing? Do you eat this? Do you actually eat at all? Like, do you have protein shakes? Do you do this, this, that? And so I'm having some really, really interesting conversations with people about, you know, and having to remind them what I'm doing is not what you need to be doing it's you have to work your way up to what I'm doing if you want to. It's not the same thing. <laughs> it's not normal behavior. So it's just really fascinating how much people are really, really interested in improving themselves. And they don't really know how.
0: Yeah, and and they're not they're not living in it every day to see what you're doing. So for some, it might appear easy. <laughs> for others, it might appear hard. But it's like, because you're showing up and doing it, but nobody saw what it took to get there. And, it, and that that in itself is a g- good reminder for ourselves of like what it took to get here. You know, my business coach had said to me, everything that you have done up until this point, right, as I was joining Sales Gravy, it's like, everything you've done is to get you here. Everything. So closing your business doesn't mean anything. It, it was what was supposed to happen to get here you've done all the work and it's like you said it's mental it's about having these conversations with yourself um learning where to like just stand up you know of course jeb is fast moving and smart and brilliant and um demands quality by all means and there are moments when i feel like oh god did i just fuck that up um because I don't want to disappoint him, and then there are moments where I stand up and go, you know, if he gives me any pushback, I'm like, I will push back if I think I told. I'm like, no, no, I got this. I know, I know exactly what's going on here, right? And it's like having the the confidence of like, no, I do know what I'm doing. There's some things I don't know, like getting ramped up on technology because it's a new type of technology that I'm I'm dealing with, and you know, the whole new virtual world of managing so many, we call them learners, students um, at one time and, you know, learning how to manage that process and learning how to, okay. It's like more training, you know, so much intensity. I can't even describe. And then trying to like fit everything else in that needs to happen. But it's forced me to out my game. So all the other things that I've been trying to get done, like I'm forced to get it done because there's someone else there expecting me to take it to the next level because he knows I can. Right. He probably knows it better than I do. Sure.
1: Because you've got that insecurity kind of chipping away at you that you're battling against. And and going back to what you said a little while ago, that everything, and that's a good reminder when anybody who's listening is, is facing that imposter syndrome feeling, is everything that you have done up until now through your entire life has prepared you for this moment and the universe would not provide the opportunity at this time if you weren't ready if you were not supposed to be there you wouldn't be there yeah if i wasn't supposed to be if i wasn't ready to be at that competition my coaches would tell me not to go You know, I, you know, and if, if Jeb did not think that you were ready to handle your student load, then he would not put you out there because it's going to make him look bad. If you don't know what you're doing as same as me, my coaches don't want me to show up and not be prepared because it makes them look bad because they're my coaches. So you have to remember if you're feeling the imposter syndrome that you are where you're supposed to be. So take a breath, relax. Give yourself some grace and open yourself to the fact that you're about to learn something
0: and mm-hmm. you won't
1: learn what you're supposed to learn if you're closing yourself off with self doubt.
0: Booyah. Yeah, I was going to add to that. If you get invited to the table, sit at the fucking table. I mean, someone invited you to the table. They must believe in you, whoever they are or whatever it is, somehow you ended up at the table. Sometimes you end up at the table even if you don't deserve being at the table. Mm-hmm. But you were placed there and now you need to make it work. Right. There's just a reason why you're there. Um, you can't question it. Just be like accept it and be like, "Okay, I'm here. How do I how do I how, how do I make the best out of this to do the best I can and stay humble enough to be like all right no I don't know how to do that piece of it right and the other
1: side to it is the that feeling of anxiety that we sometimes feel when the imposter syndrome sets in that may be fear and excitement and fear are actually kind of the same emotion so thinking about when you go ride a roller coaster that anticipation of like, oh my gosh, here we go. You get a little hot and sweaty and your adrenaline is pumping a little bit and it's fear and it's you can choose excitement. So if you feel that kind of fluttery, butterfly, adrenaline type of thing going on, then just remind yourself, okay, I can be afraid or I can be excited. I can be excited about the <laughs> fact that I got a, a seat at this table and I might feel like, I am the person in the room who knows the least. And guess what? That's a good thing. If you're the person in the room who knows the least surrounded by a bunch of people who know more than you, that is a good thing. So learn from them.
0: Yeah. Learn from them and also take advantage of anytime I've started like a new job in my entire life, I'd be like, I've got like 90 days to say, I'm the new person. I'm still learning. It's like like it's a grace period. I'm new. Yeah.
1: Still learning. For sure. Because I ran into a couple of girls who it was their first show. And I was able to say to them, hey, this is my second show. And just try to relax and have fun because I wish I'd had more fun at my first show like, Oh my God, I'm so nervous. And like, I know. And I wish I had enjoyed the first one more because I put too much pressure on myself. And I'd be like, you look amazing. It's great.
0: And the same, at the same time, if you didn't put that pressure on yourself, I don't think you'd have the same appreciation that you have now. True. Like you you wouldn't have the appreciation for not appreciating the first time. And now you were able to like course correct it for the second time.
1: Yeah. And now I see, I kind of feel like when I, like I said, seeing that pro show, I feel like I pushed the door all the way open and went, Oh, I see what's going on here. The journey never ends
0: really. And, um, the journey never ends. Everybody got that. The journey never ends. You just stop at different destinations along the way. Yeah, I'm sure Jeb, he, he
1: is still growing and he's learning. And- oh my
0: god, the the journey never stops. Now we're doing virtual reality, like we're 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 just starting virtual reality classrooms. We're five years away from the technology, but we're starting now. Yep. Cool. You just you just keep going with the journey. Um, let's talk a little bit about the whole you know, what causes that imposter syndrome, which I believe is so based in a fear of rejection. I I think that's a big piece of it, is that when you have, um, you know, we're wired for it. We are wired for fear of rejection. We are wired from caveman days. It's in our, it's part of our DNA. It was a survival mechanism. If you um, wanted to survive 40,000 years ago, you had to function within a tribe of people, right? Like running from the dinosaurs and catching your food for dinner and all the things and, and, you know, surviving. Well, if you're the asshole in the tribe, there's a chance you could be kicked out and ostracized. And if you're kicked out and ostracized, you're going to be someone's dinner, and so the last thing you want to do is be kicked out. And so there was this fear of rejection that goes way back way back to the caveman days that now has become part of our DNA. So we're not we can't we can't even think about it. Like our body just goes into fight or flight and our body cannot tell the difference between a physical threat and a social threat. It cannot tell the difference between the bear's going to eat me and I'm gonna not make first place in this competition. The brain can't tell the difference. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It, it is, and and that's why I was
1: really like, I just posted a blog about my experience that I wrote. Basically, while I was sitting in my hotel room between prejudging, which is basically the prejudging for for these fitness competitions, is where they decide who's going to win. And finals is basically kind of just a, a show where you show up and they already know who's going to win and they give out awards. So I was writing about my experience, and I honestly did not care how it, the how it turned out. I didn't care about the results because I felt really good about how I executed. I felt really good about the experience. And I, you know, it probably helped a lot that my husband was in the audience this time, because I could just look for him. And um, you know, there there's definitely it depends on how aware you are of being on that stage. when you they move you out to the end. If you're not in the center, that means you're probably not likely to place. and if, if you let that take over, then it can show up. It shows up on some of the girls' faces. You can see it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. You can see it on their faces or if they get... Sometimes they move, move the girls around. Sometimes they move them back again and... Um, You know i just have enough showbiz training that doesn't matter where they move me i'm still going to smile like a million bucks and be fine and i did that the first time and um this time i happen to be a little closer to center but um you can see it on the faces of girls and there's um there's just and this was a really nice competition because they reminded us at the beginning um during the athletes meeting to show good sportsmanship interesting yeah which is important. And I got super excited for everybody who won because I know every single person that I was with and probably like you, Gina, everyone that I was with has put in as much work as me, has suffered as much as me, had to sacrifice Thanksgiving dinner just as I did. And so everyone is there, and everyone's probably feeling the same way and trying to motor through that. I mean, some of them probably think they're the hot shit, which is great. I love that. And um, deep down inside, though, I think, <clears throat> like you said, the the insecurity is there to not be accepted, to be rejected. Like that basic fear of rejection is just it's so small, but it's so encompassing. because a rejection can be you get moved to the outside of the line. A rejection can be. Somebody coming up to you and going, Oh, your bikini's not right. A rejection can be, Oh, why did you wear your hair straight? Are you wearing your hair straight today? Okay. Like a rejection can be, What's your background? Do you have experience enough to be teaching this class right now? Like a rejection can come out of left field and affect you if
0: you let it mm-hmm that's the key if you let it yeah hey warners if you haven't had a chance to give us a rating and review pop over to itunes or wherever you get your podcast and you can leave us a rating or review there of course we like five stars but we're not going to beg for that i mean a review is probably cooler than a rating anyway right so pop over to do that and now back to the show And even though it's imposter syndrome and you're not necessarily an imposter, the um, the word I'm looking for, irony, Um, I'm not sure if that's the right word. At the same time, sometimes we have to fake it till we make it, which, you know, that might play a part in the the imposter syndrome because there are moments in it where I just got to pretend I can do this one thing here. I mean, I can do 90% of it, but 10%, you know, like, you know, Jeb will be like, well, how'd that, you know, how'd that go? How, what could you have done better? Right. And so being cognizant of like, you know, everything I do, it's not going to be perfect. Just not. There's always room for it to be better, for room for improvement. Um, I, with every training session, I know I wish what I would have done a little bit differently. Um, and in some ways this is all brand new because I used to be training in person all the time and now I'm training, talking to a camera and it was far easier when I could look around the room and interact with people and move. And now I'm like, hello, I'm a robot to the camera and I got to remember my, you know, I have to be making eye contact with the camera. And so even looking at my slides, you know, is, is a challenge. And so then I feel like, gosh, I hope it doesn't look like I don't know what I'm talking about, Mm. but it's, but it's adapting and practicing. It was one of the things I said to you after your first competition, I'm like, you know, some say that mastery, you got to put in a thousand hours.
1: Some say you got to put in 10,000 hours.
0: Some do say that. (laughs) So, you know, uh, how many hours have you put in, you know, in theory? Yeah, definitely not enough.
1: And that, you know, I had to come to terms with that between the first and second competition. And I really did. I came to, um, to, to the realization that I don't have enough experience I sort of thought that I could handle this because it looked so easy because I have a showbiz background. It is not at all easy to do what the girls do on that stage.
0: It's so interesting you bring that up because I remember you talking about that. Yeah. Like, I'm a performer. I just watch when I show up. Like, you you did have that cockiness to you, which I supported. I'm like, yeah, hell Yeah what do they know? They're not performers. Oh, but they are. And I bet you see it differently now. Oh, totally.
1: Like I can see now because on the flight, I was looking back through my whole retrospective of all of my photos and my little videos where I was practicing. And once you see the pros at work, like... I could see the difference, and I'm like, "Oh, I need to go back to the drawing board and keep practicing that," because it's literally, it's literally like 20 or 30 seconds, and it's also a level of confidence about the work that's been put in. Uh, but it's 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 20 or 30 seconds that are a lot harder than you think, and a lot harder than I thought, that's for sure. So now I have. This great excitement of like, OK, now I have three or four months that I'm going to put in before the springtime season where I can really just put my head down, put in the physical work, put in the practice of the posing and um, and study, study the sport and figure out even more about it because I've been in fitness for more than 20 years. I've been a trainer for more than 20 years. I've been a dancer for more years than that. And so I know my body and there's just so much to learn. The people that I have surrounded myself with, I just am soaking in the knowledge and I have humbled myself of like, I'll ask really just questions about, uh, exercises I've been doing forever. And I'm like, okay, Am I doing this right? What do you think? Because there really is so much to learn still, and I find it very exciting and a lot of fun. But it, like you said, I was—I was definitely a little bit cocky, like I totally got this. And then I figured out that I did not have this, and now I figured out that I can. There's absolutely no reason. Like I don't feel—I don't feel an imposter syndrome when I look at the pros at work. I feel like. I can achieve that. It's just going to take me some time and I'm excited about getting there. It's just so much fun. Brutal and grueling.
0: Yeah, I, I think the other thing to take, to take into consideration if you're going through imposter syndrome is that sometimes you're going through it because you're entering a world where people are better than you and you left a world where you were at the top maybe. Right? Let's just think about like me and Pivot 10. I was at the top of the food chain in my company because I was the owner, right? So I go into a new organization. I'm not at the top anymore. I'm still fucking good at what I do, but I'm not at the top. So that's not a bad thing because that's where the growth is going to come in, that's where you're going to push yourself because you're going to be inspired by other people who are better than you that you can learn from. So that's a big piece of growth mindset. If you're staying in a status quo, there's there's nowhere to go. And,
1: And it takes courage. Like we were standing backstage waiting to go on for finals, and I just said out loud, I said, something I can't remember what the conversation was with a bunch of girls backstage and I said don't forget that what we we what we're do what we've done to get here is hard shit like it's you know it's remarkable and um the thing about moving to the next level as you have done and as I am doing it's it takes courage it takes courage to suddenly jump from being the big fish in a small pond oh, yeah. into an ocean and then go, Oh God. Okay. Uh, now I have to learn a whole lot more. It's scary and it's, and not everybody can do it. So if you have done it and suddenly you're feeling the way that Gina and I are describing, then kudos to you because it takes a a very courageous person to take the leap to the next level. And you're meant to feel a little bit of pressure so that you can level up.
0: Yeah. So that you can get out of of, of the norm that you're doing. I mean, I, I giggle about like things that Jabat has asked me to do where I'm like, yeah, I've been trying to get that off my list for four years. And now I'm being, I'm like, wow, that was easy. <laughs> like You know what I mean? Like, you know, you get in stuck, you get stuck and you get stuck in your own way. You get in your own way. And that's really where your imposter syndrome is, because if you're not leveling up, you are an imposter. Ooh, Ooh. tell us more about that. I don't so you know. Mean I, the people just, who,
1: the people so the people who decide that they're they're gonna just stay a big fish in a small pond.
0: Yeah, that's the real imposter. I just made that shit up.
1: No, no, I mean, it just came
0: to me like if you're not going to move out of the fear and you're not going to move out of the status quo and you're not going to do things that are uncomfortable to level up, you're fooling yourself and you're fooling others and you're staying in a place that you think makes you look like an expert, maybe. Or better than everybody else. It's it's easy to to live in a small pond. It is. It's easy to be a big fish in a small pond. It is not easy to be a small fish in a big pond. And and, and now that mm-hmm. you we you're bringing up this fish analogy, this reminds me of when I was in college and I was graduating and I had interned at ABC. I interned at a top radio station in Chicago. Um, I interned an insurance company in marketing. I um, wrote for the newspaper. I was the news director of my radio station at DePaul. I was um, at Second City taking classes and doing doing student shows. I mean, hello, high achiever, plus working a job and going to school and carrying a full load. And then I graduated and couldn't find a job. And I went back to my career counselor and I'm like, what? in the world oh and I was a golden key honor society member and I was president of women in communications like this all coming back to me now I mean I was the shit couldn't find a job Mm. and I'm like wow and my advisor said Gina you have spent the last four years as a big fish in a small pond you're you left the pond Welcome to the ocean.
1: Yeah, I um, And it, I mentioned this actually on the, the evening of my first competition that the last time that I felt the way that I felt that evening was when I moved from my dance studio in Little Martinsville, Virginia where i was like the golden child i was just like the shit i was definitely a big fish in a very very small pond and i decided that i wanted to pursue a professional career in dance and i convinced my parents to send me to this arts school full time boarding school and when i got there i was completely shocked that i was placed in the lowest level and i was looking around me at these other dancers who their ballet technique was incredibly Superior to mine. And I felt super inadequate. And I couldn't believe that I was like level A. Like I was very shocked. And what happened was, even at the end of that first year, I uh, was, we had our evaluations and And I remember this one teacher, this instructor was saying like, you're so smart. Maybe you should just go ahead and focus on your studies. And I was like, oh, hell no. So I went away to a summer program and I busted my ass because they were going to keep me in level one, level A. And I busted my ass and worked very hard. And then I came back and they were like, whoa, and they moved me to level B. So sometimes if you allow the pressure that you're feeling when you're feeling the imposter syndrome to push you, then you will level up, but you cannot allow it to crush you. You have to allow it to push you. And those are choices because you're going to feel that pressure. And that's, that's the way that I respond to that kind yeah. of pressure. And the same, same here, like after my show, the first one where I felt inadequate, I was like, Oh, hell no, where, and I'm scrolling, like, what's my next competition? Like before we even went to dinner, I had signed up for the next one. So, you know,
0: you can make those kind of choices. What a, what a great and I, I want to cut in for a second because what a great, what a great way to look at it. Like you want you you started scrolling to like plan for your next competition. I want everybody to hear this, especially anybody in sales, because we often talk about the best time to get on the phone and do another sales call is when you've closed a deal, right? Because you're on a high. You're on this high, you feel good. And so your attitude, your energy, all of that, your confidence, all of that changes and then that becomes emotionally contagious, right? So what if you fell off the bike and you instantly got back on the bike with the same vigor and excitement? It's a completely different Mm -hmm. way to look at it right? Like, yeah, still go after, you know, when you have a positive experience, keep pushing, but when you have a negative experience get back up and push again.
1: Yeah. I've definitely gone through that exact thing and doing sales calls, um, spoken to, you know, making calls to realtors and spoken to realtors. that's like, yeah, I'll, I'll never give you my business. Cause I'm pretty much attached to so-and-so sorry, have a nice day. And then being like, Ugh. and then just make another call. Don't even think. Just make another call to somebody else and then have a really great call next. You just don't know who is going, how the person on the phone is going to respond to the next call. Definitely don't stop on a low if you possibly well, can. And, like,
0: try one And more the time. last call that was a bad call was a call that it's like when you get objections, that those objections give you insight and information into the next thing that you should be doing. Or the next mm-hmm. approach you should take. Um, I was—I've been whining and dining a previous client to get her to to move over to sales gravy, and we've had a couple calls. And um, this morning she asked me for pricing, um, but we have a call tomorrow scheduled. And I was like, I hate giving pricing, but she's an exist—she's been an existing client, so I was like comfortable enough with it because I know her well enough now that when I got price rejection, price objection, I wouldn't be too worried. So sure enough, I got that. And it was like, well, let's, you know, let's talk in January and gave me all of her objections. Why? And then I said, Hey, I totally get it. Uh, And I have a couple other ideas for you based on this. Let's still get on a call. And talk, you know, talk out some of these ideas. And then we can talk again in January. We don't have to do, we don't have to solidify anything. Let's, but I have a couple other ideas now based on what you're sharing with me. She's like, oh, good idea. Right? It's, it's like, I don't, I don't take no for an answer. I just get back. Like my initial emotional primal reaction was like, Fuck. Cause I like called Jeb about it this morning and I'm like, okay, can I price it at this? I'm all excited. I'm like, hell no. I got to close this deal. No. And I'm like, don't react. Don't react. Take a moment.
1: Right. In the same vein as what I'm doing over here, just because I don't win first place in this competition doesn't mean there's not, some more on the way where I could and same in a sales conversation just so good go pick up Jeb's book on objections Mm. and 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 understand that a no is just a not yet if you continue the relationship and just just set a follow-up okay if someone says not right now like Gina just did said let's just set the next appointment and the next time to talk let's talk in january let's talk in three months let's talk in two days let's talk Well, in not weeks. now is all,
0: not now is another version of a maybe and a mm-hmm. maybe is where most sales make their living because you can turn a maybe into a yes a no is a no right because they want it they yeah. want it yeah they just have reasons why they Are afraid to. Uh, Yes. I just taught. I just taught on that today. Safety bias. There's a safety bias that. Mm -hmm. uh, People are fearful of, of looking bad, of making a wrong decision, of, of um, having to change. Like that whole safety bias is what holds people back from doing things. We're afraid. Goes back to the fear. Do not be fearful. You are not an impostor.
1: You deserve to be where the universe has mm-hmm. placed you. So go with confidence and an open mind and an open heart, and you
0: will learn the path to level up. And if you don't level up, that's really where you're the impostor. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I, just, I just made that up. That should be a blog. That should be, that Do should it. be a blog. I just added to my list of things of blogging. Um, all right. Any other, any other thoughts on this? Um, I hope people got something out of this based on some of our recent imposter feeling syndrome moments. You got anything else?
1: I think our listeners know what we're talking about with the imposter syndrome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's normal to have it, but get over it move on, accept where you are. You're there for a reason. You got an invitation to the table. And hey, sometimes you invite yourself to dinner. That's Mm -hmm. what I did. And now I'm drinking a lot of gravy because I invited myself to dinner.
1: There you go.
0: Thanks so much, everybody, for
1: listening today. We so much appreciate you. And if you got something out of this or you know somebody who's battling with the imposter syndrome, then please share this episode. And the website is com.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Warners. We appreciate and love you. Like Rachel said, for more information about us, check out our website. You can also go to GinaTramarco.com. And Rachel's got all kinds of interwebs that you can look at, such as...
1: You can find me at thesinginglender.com or ultrafitlifestyle.com for the latest blog on my experience at my second show. You can get all the deets from check in to awards. And also, lastly, if you'd be so kind to head over to iTunes and give us a review, then we can spread the love to more people because more people can find us when you leave a review. So thanks for that.
0: Ooh. Yeah. All right, Warners, we're out of here. Rachel, I'm out of here. Love you, Mina. See ya. This really will get serious soon. Yeah, don't... It it doesn't have to. I don't think anybody wants it to be serious. Women Your Mother Warned You About is a Pod About It production. You've got a great idea. Let's pod about it. Visit podaboutit.com for more information.
1: Woof, woof. Monkey, monkey.